Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I was in the shower. I was cleaning my ass and making all the all sparkly. Thank you, clean. I'm not the funny one. I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. music, wine. The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I've imagined your pants. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello. Hello, podcast listeners. Hello, podcast land. Welcome. Microphone people. Yeah, welcome back to another week of By the By. Yay! Yes. We're still on the air. They can't bring us down. Ooh, I don't know. Nobody's trying to bring <laughs> us down, but no. if they tried, they can't. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. what's going on? I said, hey, yay. Sorry, I'm, I'm wow. in a weird mood today. Clearly. Um, I'm a little bit punchy. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to punch people. Right, right. But I think it's because you had a nap. I had just woke it's up from a nap. a rainy day. It's been raining for days. It's going to be raining for days. Yes. Basically, if you're in Sydney, build a fucking ark. Yeah. So we've taken a couple of naps this weekend. <laughs> it's been kind of nice. I love naps. Naps mm-hmm. are greatly overrated. I think I am not only bi- bisexual, I am biurnal. Yeah. You just sleep I'm, twice a day? If I'm using that word correctly, which... No guarantees. That means I need to sleep twice a day. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy with a six-hour night and a two- to three-hour nap. Right. I would love to see you on the first few days or the week as you get into that. Because you on six hours... I'd kill a man. I know. I know. <laughs> Until you really got in that rhythm, I, I'm i not sure I want to be around. <laughs> yeah, but once I find my rhythm... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be great. <laughs> I actually do feel pretty good right now. Yeah. Uh, Podcast land, you're very lucky. Um, there's um, some listeners that we love that we're going to get to see very soon. Uh, they're from Perth, mm-hmm. and they've been on the podcast, and we're going to see them in Desire. And I'm talking directly to them. That's why I'm being so specific. Uh, I'm kind of hungry right now, and I really want to eat pretzels, but I know how the crunching would come over the microphone, and I know that that is their, a bit of a pet peeve that they have is when podcasters uh, eat on on. Mike. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to... So you're going to be good. Trying to be good. So for the next down. hour, I'm not going to be eating pretzels, which... Uh, we can also just take a break. You can eat your break. pretzel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt like Gene from uh, Bob's Burgers right there. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> this is me now. Uh, we had some it. exciting news this week. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on Monday, uh, we were listed in the top 20 LGBT podcasts you must subscribe and listen to in 2018 by uh, blog.feedspot. It's the Feedspot blog reader. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting to be listed under such 
awesome podcasts uh, such as the History is Gay, which if you don't listen to that, it's an amazing podcast uh, talking about some of the, the gay people uh, in, in history. Mm-hmm. Um, gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast, which we've guested on. That They're was fun. so yeah. much fun. And God, those guys are cute. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's just some really great uh, podcasts out there. So uh, you can find Feedspot uh, blog, re- blog Reader on uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're we're listed in their, their top 20. So, cool. Yay. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, additionally, we were um, featured on um, it's Index. In, Indeqx. I can't really even say Index. I'm sure it's Index. But it's I-N-D-E-Q-X. Uh, on podcast telling LGBTIQA stories mm-hmm. uh, produced and recorded in Australia, talking about uh, us, uh, queer as fact, love and luck podcast, queer stories. They call me by uh, my name project, a, uh, a trans oral history project podcast. Blah. Easy for me to say. Anyway, I'm really excited. And uh, it was great for us to be listed uh, yeah. on those. It was very nice. Yeah. I'm always excited to be. When people Tapped listen. on the head and say, <laughs> we actually listen to you. Thank you. Yeah. So that's always nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, we've had some great emails from, from listeners yeah. recently that were really awesome. And it's, it's funny. It always seems like we get those emails right when, when I need them. So yeah. uh, thank you. Thank you. And keep them coming. Definitely. Definitely. So what's been going on? Do we want to talk about our date? Yeah, if you want. Yeah. Oh my God. Last night's date was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, look, we don't brag about dates often. I'm going to brag about this date. This is a couple that uh, I think we've we've mentioned them before, mm-hmm. but they were definitely a couple that the first time we saw them, it was they like, caught our eyes. I was like, yeah. wow. And yeah. like, well, I'm not even going to talk to you because you're way out of my league. So why should I even give it a go? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so the next time we saw them, actually, I guess the... Then we saw them at a, uh, at was, they came to Pendulum. They yep. came to a Pendulum party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, there they are. And that was the night that we were working. Mm-hmm. So I was literally stuck behind the bar. Yeah. And it was just one of those, it's like, I really find them attractive. And I know afterwards you were really, you were telling me that you really hoped that the ship hadn't sailed. Yes. So like that was your one chance and it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> it's like, so I was too yeah. shy to talk to them the first time. And then I was too busy to talk to them the second mm-hmm. time. Uh, and yeah, so. And then the third time we had gone to our secret spot. That was the. And that was after a meet and greet. And we were, we honestly just stopped in to say hi to the staff. Yeah. And. No intentions of staying, much less playing, and they were there along with another couple that we really liked and hadn't really had a chance to play with yet. And so us being as stubborn as we are, we very quickly caved, stayed at OSS, and played with them. (laughs) No, I think we did say, like, oh, we only came to be social, we're not going to play. And then they were like, do you want to play? And we were like... Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. Uh, that was the night, if you're a regular podcast listener, of the impromptu orgy. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was that night. Uh, it was, yeah. So so anyway, so, yeah. so we've been, since then, we've been texting back and mm-hmm. forth with them. And they were in town this week. And we're like, hey, hey, you want to get together? And we were like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we met them for a drink, first of all, a drink, a dinner. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and that was, it's so much fun because it was just good conversation. And 
if I weren't so interested in playing with them, we could have sat there all, all night, night long. I know, and right? Just, just talked and yeah. talked and talked. But, you know, they, they did that wonderful thing, which was, like, it was still early in the night. Yes. And it's funny, because I'm bad. Because I, like you, I get excited. I'm like, I just, it's nice to hang out with people mm-hmm. that we get along with and we can talk to. And, like, yeah. socially, these people are great. And part of me was like, hey, do you want to find another bar and go have a, a nightcap mm-hmm. and then do something? But uh, I don't remember if it was he or she that said, you know, we're, we've got alcohol back at our place if you want to come back to our place. Both of us basically were in unison. We're shaking our heads and going, yes, <laughs> I will follow you anywhere. Yeah. And we did. Uh, yeah. So we went back to their place and, uh, you know, it was, again, great. Mm-hmm. It was nice because we we had we all started with a drink and we sat down and we're chatting and talking still. So she and I were sitting on the sofa, you were sitting on the floor and he was sitting on a chair next to you. And mm-hmm. so you two were across from us across the coffee table, and again just great conversation for a little while. I would have said maybe thirty minutes or yeah. so, and then at some point because we had joked earlier when we sat when he sat down. Uh, because he was sitting down, I think he moved to the floor. He moved to the floor, and he would comment on yeah. his pants being too tight to, like, you know, sit Indian style cross legged yeah. on the floor, and and so I jokingly said, "We'll take them off." He didn't. Yeah. So then, after about thirty minutes, she said something about, "Now we're all wearing too many clothes, or don't we need to take some clothes off?" Yeah, and he was like, "We kind of laughed about it," and she's like, "Okay, we have one minute," and then twelve minutes later, she goes, "I think our timer is done." I was like, yeah. "I like her." She's what's funny is she is so much like you. You guys have so much in common yeah. in that you aren't afraid to ask for what you want. You're both extremely sexual creatures in a very sex positive way. It's Awesome to be like, yeah. and you know me, I'm attracted to women who I think could hurt me. And <laughs> I think she could hurt me. I do too. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we... Um, so she said that, and I had on a sweater dress. So I stood up, <laughs> whipped it off, and it was like, all right, People ready. are always so impressed <laughs> with how quickly you get naked. Yeah, yeah. And it took it took the rest of you a little bit longer to catch it. She was second, I think. Yeah. And then, well, I went to the bathroom to yeah. to go to the bathroom, and when I came out, you know, I was trying to take the insulin pump off, and and you're, I had seen you disrobe, but she's already braless mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and and he was in his underwear, and all three of you looked at me, and was like, um, and I think she said, uh, you still have too much clothes on. I'm like, I am working on it. <laughs> uh, so that was that was funny. That was great, and then yeah. we ended up going back to their bedroom and. It was exactly what you want from a play session, mm-hmm. really, because it's it was a lot of like that was that puppy pile. Gender didn't matter, and you know we were all mm-hmm. playing, and everybody's got a very similar play style. Mm-hmm. And you know, every now and again, there's a snarky comment or a giggle yes, or yes. something. And... and he kept saying, "You guys, one of the things I like about you is how seriously you take this." Because <laughs> you know we're being sarcastic and joking and laughing the whole time. Yeah. Um, to which I think my response was, one of the things I like about you is how you're so quiet during the play. <laughs> <laughs> to which he looked uh, pr- appropriately appalled. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was oh, it was so much fun. It I, was. It was exactly what I was looking for. Um, uh, just as a side note, it's it's interesting because I had a I, recently my blood sugars have been going up and down, and I had a blood cra- pressure blood blah, blood sugar crash like. The moment we get to penetration, I have a blood sugar crash and I lose my erection. I was like, God bless it. (laughs) So she, we ended up, you know, we're kind of kissing a bit. And then finally I stopped. I was like, I need to go check my blood. And so I looked at her and I was like, 
I think I need to go check my blood. She goes, oh, okay. And so she hops off, and I went and checked my blood. I was low. I took, I drank some orange juice, and I walked back into the bedroom drinking orange juice. And he, you and her are 69ing, and he's fucking you doggy style. Yeah. And I thought to myself, it literally, it takes me 45 seconds to check myself <laughs> and, to get, and to get orange juice. That escalated quickly. Well, I think when you left, he was fucking me doggy style. Mm. So then when you left, she came over okay. and we kissed for a moment. And then I don't, she went, yeah, she started to go underneath me. And so then oh, I yeah. went down on her yeah. and so yeah, we ended up 69ing while he was fucking and that's my doggy. Such a, and, I think that is one of my mm. favorite ways to see you. Because I don't see that very often. We don't get in a yeah. situation where that happens very often. Mm-mm. And I will say that's one of my favorite ways to see you. Because it, at the same time, you are in complete control and power. And you're also kind of vulnerable. Yeah. And it's really nice. And uh, yeah, seeing your your pretty little eyes roll into the back of your head. And you getting those little lines between little your furrows. eyebrows. Those yeah. little... The, 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 up and down equals sign. Yeah. It's also, in that position, it's kind of difficult to concentrate. Because <laughs> it's like, I'm, you know, I'm concentrating on what's going on behind going on. me and in front of me. And it's like, yeah. Because yeah, you got somebody going down on you. You got somebody fucking you. And then you're going on down on somebody. Yeah. And it is. There's a lot There's a lot of, of balls in the air, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know. And it was, it's awesome, though. It was great, too. Because afterwards, we all just sort of laid there naked and just chatted probably yeah. for another... 30 to 45 minutes. Easy, yeah. It was great. So, mm. oh, so much fun. It was a fun night. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so funny because I'm, I am the worst at overthinking. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think some people probably already know this. New listeners are probably just finding this out. Shocker. <laughs> Sarcastic. <laughs> uh, but, you know, of course, I think as, you know, after we get home, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm sending the thank you text. It was so much fun. You know, and I'm always like, oh my God, you know, do they still like us? Was that good enough? Did you just like, and I, I know, I know them as human beings uh-huh. and they don't think this, but I can't help but always think, oh my God, did we make the cut? You know, <laughs> are, are we on the varsity team yet? <laughs> you know, Maybe we're still on JV and we have to work our way up. Yeah. yeah we got to try a little harder. I still feel like most of the time for me, I feel like I'm always auditioning for a show. Mm-hmm. It's like every time I'm like, oh my God, did I make the cut? Am I just an understudy? Cause I don't want to be an understudy. I, you know, oh, I promise I'll work really hard and I know my dance is shit, but I will try. That's basically how I feel. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure you overthink it. And uh, on that same sort of note, um, at dinner, when at one point I said, oh, yeah, I'm in the musical theater. And he did the best. Like, no, you shucker. (laughs) Okay, you're being sarcastic. And you're right. (laughs) Uh I I like the musical theater. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) So, um. That was a so uh, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, it was a good night. Yeah, it was a good night. Oh God, they're such an attractive couple. Yeah, so well out of our league, but that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Well, I'm I'm happy with JV team. <laughs> I'm not. I, 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 I want to be in varsity. God damn it! Well, I've had a taste cut, of varsity. At least we're not cut though. I mean, <laughs> true. True. Come on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was that was fun. That mm-hmm. was a good night. Mm-hmm. And then today we uh, did our little talkie thing at uh, the Love and Lust Festival. Yeah, it's part of the Festival of Really Good Sex yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We went mm. and we got to talk about bisexuality, which mm. is what we're going to talk about today. Mm. Um, but I think this may be a little more upbeat as to what... I always feel bad because our bisexuality talks yeah. tend to be a bit 
dour. That's okay. But next time we made a plan, we're going to do something a little bit different with yeah. it. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Watch yeah. this space. <laughs> because I think we're going to be asked. Yeah, he's, yeah, he seemed he mm. seemed excited. Hopefully, uh, we were videoed, mm. um, and so hopefully he'll he'll get a he'll like it and say like yes, we want you back. Yeah, want you back. Um, I'm feeling very musical right now. We I should do a musical tell. episode where we sing the whole time. Right, let's do that. You look. That was a beautiful. I've never seen you look afraid in any of the sex acts <laughs> that we've ever done. <laughs> I've seen you jump off of a off of a bungee cliff thing. I've seen you, yeah. And that was a look of terror. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're so cute. I love you. Angela doesn't Mm -hmm. sing, people. No. No. I don't. So, you know, even crossover episode time, you know, even on the bed hoppers, Mm -hmm. Mrs. H, she Mm -hmm. did the chicken impression. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there is anything. Oh, I can do a chicken impression. No, that's not the point. (laughs) Buck, buck. I'm doing an impression of Mrs. H doing her chicken impression. <laughs> Isn't the impression of her doing her chicken impression bok? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just one bok. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. I love her. Okay. You'll hear more from them on our podcast here in the not too distant future. Yeah, I'm so excited. So, um, I'm, I'm sort of all over the place here. So yeah, we uh, we did that today. That was fun. Yeah. Musical episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we get into the, yeah, the main topic? The yeah. mutantators. Yeah, sure. All right. So we're going to keep going down um, the the path talking about bisexual statistics and just effects on, on life in general of bisexuality. The What we started a couple of weeks ago. And so we've got lots more papers to go through, lots more information. Like I said, hopefully some of this will be... At least a little more interesting, maybe not so dry. Still a lot of, of numbers. It's kind of the easiest way to get the, the message across, I think. Um, so, yeah, should we just jump in? Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I do want to real quick credit um, the the nice person who sent us this. Mm-hmm. She sent us an email. Um, so I'm going to read a bit of her email. Uh, so she was kind enough to send us all these. And we, we asked her, you know, are we, are we, can we share all these? And, and can we you know, send mm-hmm. these to folks? Um, and, of course, she was wonderful. She was like, yes, please share these articles. It's great. But I want to quote her because this is, I think, absolutely honest. Uh, absolutely awesome. She says, that being said, and with that being, there's, you know, just acknowledging that, mm-hmm. you know, these are a lot of articles and a lot of stuff and maybe everything doesn't apply. But she said, that being said, please see these articles as validation. These articles are scientific proof that bi erasure, bi invisibility, biphobia, and other bi biases have a real and quantifiable impact on us. So the next time someone says to stop whining or bi doesn't count as a marginalized community, or talk about how the gays have it the worst, you can respond with these 12 articles. Mike dropped. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And it's so true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a great, you know, I think that's, it's wonderful to have this. And it sucks that you have to have this in your belt. Yeah. But to have this in your in your utility belt is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really love it. And so in, near the end of her, uh, her email... She addresses me specifically, Bradford, when you see the heartbreaking statistic of the suicidal thoughts and the attempt rates being higher in the bi, in bi than other sexual minority category, please don't see it as fate. I hope that this, 
I hope that it is emotionally validating to you, although tragic and something for society to work on, that you are among many fellow bi folks who also experienced this. And absolutely. Uh, It's, you know, I know exactly she's absolutely right. I don't see it as fate. I uh, mm-hmm. just want to make that very clear. Uh, I think at one point I did. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you'd talked to Bradford six to ten years ago, I absolutely thought it was fate. That this was, you know, I was, this was a path that I was I was doomed, damned, or cursed mm-hmm. to walk down. But now, you know, having these, these this community around me and uh, of, of friends, both straight, gay, and bi, or yes, straight, gay, and bi, that, that you know, they support me and that, you know, together it's, uh, you know, we're a much stronger girl. Yeah. Stronger. And, and again, it's it's just knowing that you're not alone, that there are other people out there. And again, there is this community and it's, you may have to work a little bit to find it and to, to be a part of it, but it's, it's there. Yeah. It does exist. Mm-hmm. Also, I like the word by biases. I do too. Because <laughs> I want to sing bye, 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 bye biases. <laughs> oh, wow. When you see me here, know that I'm fully queer. Bye, 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 biases. I want you to keep going with this. I want to see where it goes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but the song's a duet. That's okay. You can play both parts. Ooh, it's a bi duet. There you go. <laughs> okay, back to the back okay, to the topic. Okay, right, right. At, back to the topic at hand. Already, mm. this podcast is much brighter than right, the last. Game one. face, serious, game face, serious right. face. We can do this. And go. <laughs> okay, so this next um, paper that I looked at, it, it I found it to be really incredibly fascinating. So basically, they looked at how they looked at thirty different traits and behaviors. And looked at how they were associated with the frequency of orgasm when sexually intimate over a one-month period. And in this, they studied, uh, it was 52,000 and something adults in the U.S. Again, most of the data is from the U.S. But it was a mixture of people who identified as heterosexual men. 26,000 people. Gay men. 452 people. Bisexual men. 550 people. Lesbian women. 340 people. Bisexual women. 1,112 people. And heterosexual women. 24,102 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what they found was when, when polling these people was that 95% of heterosexual men said they, and, and the paper goes through the definitions of this part, but they said that they usually always orgasmed when sexually intimate. Gay men were 89% and bisexual men 88%. So pretty high. And not a huge difference. A little bit between gay and bisexual men from heterosexual men, but not super significant. I don't well, I mean significant, but not that big. Um, when it comes to women, 86% of lesbian women said that they usually always orgasmed when sexually intimate. Bisexual women were 66% and heterosexual women were 65%. So interestingly, lesbian women were much more likely to orgasm than heterosexual and bisexual women. Which is fascinating. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah. And then it kind of goes into, you know, why some of this may be. Um, but women who orgasmed more frequently were more likely to receive more oral sex, have longer duration of sex, be more satisfied with their relationship, ask for they want what they want in bed, praise their partner for something that they did in bed, Call, email, tease. You kind of have that buildup of, of something sexual beforehand. Wear sexy lingerie. Try new sexual positions. Uh, anal stimulation. Act out fantasies. 
incorporate sexy talk, and then express love during sex. So it's it's all those things that kind of build that intimacy that that made them more likely to have orgasms. Uh, and I think it just goes, does go to show that if you have that closeness, it, it can really have a big impact. Um, they also were, that women were also more likely to orgasm if their last sexual encounter included deep kissing, manual genital stimulation, and or oral sex, in addition to vaginal intercourse. So not just straight to vaginal. Right. Um, and again, you've got that, that buildup and that, that bit of that tease and the, the foreplay involved in it. Um, so this, you know, if you go through this list of things, it, it kind of gives you some ideas and suggestions and what you can do to kind of maybe increase your chances of having an orgasm more frequently, um, or just really enjoy the experience a lot more. I think that's really interesting because, you know, and I realize that this is about the bisexual community and I, I see a lot of, of kind of sad things about these numbers mm-hmm. and I see a lot of like really awesome things about the, the swinger community from this. So just pointing out for me, um, one thing, uh, you said the uh, number of people who have an orgasm being polled. Every time I'm polled, I almost, I mean, I would say I'd orgasm 99% oh, of the time, if geez. not 100% of the time. Oh, um, you had to go there. <laughs> I do like being polled. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but, you know, jokes aside, when you look at, the the lesbian women, bisexual women, and heterosexual women, mm-hmm. you know, eighty six to sixty six to sixty five, that's a pretty significant. It's a big jump. Jump. That's yeah. twenty percentage points. Yeah, that is statistically valid. Yeah, <laughs> and the one thing that they have in common is men (laughs) and that's kind of a bummer that when you have you know two women together 86 percent of the time they're going to have an orgasm Mm -hmm. or or 80 percent i should say 86 percent of women together will have an orgasm is that why you guys go to the bathroom in pairs (laughs) holy shit (laughs) has your world just opened up a little bit now (laughs) yeah i feel like i just got pulled Later on, I'll assume the pole position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll see if we can get you to orgasm. I'll, I'll try to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but that is, that's kind of a bummer. And mm. it just says like, guys, you're doing something wrong. And I know it's, it's, it's funny because I look at me, you know, 20 years ago, me, when I was first starting to have sex. And it's, it's very easy. And we've talked about this before to get into that rut and get lazy. Yep. And so... When we all start out with our partners, it's all about slow and steady and exploration and kissing and maybe a little bit of oral play and let's experiment and let's, it's exciting. And you talk about your fantasies yes. and what I maybe loved. act those out some. And you talk about what they did that you loved. Mm-hmm. I loved it when you did this and I'm blah, 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 blah. And then 10 years later, you're just like, all right, <laughs> let's fuck. <laughs> and, you know, whether that's children and, and time issues and work or whether it's just laziness or whether it's complacency or mm. whether it's just easy. I, I think it's, it's important you look at this list of things that women who orgasm more frequently experience. And I think all of us, no matter your gender, would have a better time if we sort of tried to follow this recipe yeah. for fucking. Yeah. Yeah. For lack of a better word. And it does take work. It takes time. It, you know, it, I'm not going to say it's, it's work like in a bad way, but it does take effort. effort. 
yeah, it takes it takes effort and it takes time. And but at the same time, the benefits are huge. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I look at this list and it does make me sad to think that that there are, are couples out there that, you know, and having been one of these couples, that deep kissing isn't part of, yeah. of, of your lovemaking ritual. And I can say that I've had relationships in which kissing was not. And I honestly thought it was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I still, I don't, I think you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. in that when we first started dating, you loved, we kissed all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was, we would make out on the couch for a long time. And it was like, wow, this is great. I thought that I was, something was bad with the whole kissing thing, that I was either a bad kisser or that there was maybe a taste or smell that wasn't pleasant. And I was so reticent in the beginning to do that with you because I thought that was my problem. And I know you had an issue as well when we first started dating with kissing first thing in the morning. Mm. Because I'd roll over and start kissing you and you were kind of like, no. Yeah, because again, previous partners <laughs> yeah. didn't like it. It was like, you know, that stupid uh, Colgate or the mouthwash company. I don't remember who mm-hmm. it was in the States. that They literally invented dragon breath mm. that first thing in the morning. And you can actually look this up on, on the interwebs, people. It was invented as a marketing ploy because they wanted to sell the mouthwash. The idea was you would get up, use the mouthwash, then come back to bed and then later on brush your teeth. Right. So, yeah, it was, I hate they invented that. It was like, <laughs> fuck you people. You've destroyed so many relationships. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just interesting to look at this and see these things that we fortunately do on mm-hmm. a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that we could probably be better at some oh, of these. Oh, we could definitely be better. But, you know, these are, these are it's, it's just sad to me that men are the problem. Yeah. So going forward on that, it's it's really funny. Uh, one of the things that came from the study as well is that men, god damn it, guys, <laughs> we systematically overestimated the orgasm frequency of our free female partners. Um, so, you and know, my question on this is: it because you can't tell if they've orgasmed or not that the women are faking it? Don't fucking fake it, women. Uh, or is it just wishful thinking on their part <laughs> that they were able to have their woman orgasm? It's very funny. It, it is funny. <laughs> uh, it's sad, but yeah. it's funny. It's like, you know, because I can see these guys. And I'm, I'm generalizing, but it's those guys that are like, yeah, I, my woman always comes when I fuck her. You know, like, <laughs> oh, God, you know, I can already tell you right now, she probably doesn't. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, mm. ugh. Jeez. And don't fake your orgasms. No, don't. It's, that doesn't do anybody any good. No. Maybe every, in a rare situation, but overall everybody it doesn't Everybody loses. Do, yeah. I've faked orgasms before. Everybody loses. Mm. So, yeah. No. And if you don't orgasm, that's okay. Yes. Like, that's not a bad thing. It is not the end <laughs> yeah. all. Be yeah. all. Like... Yeah. If, if you have fun during the play, that's what matters. Yeah. Whether you actually orgasm or not... Well, I think it's an amazing thing. You don't have to. It's fine. Like the play is what's fun. And that intimacy and building that intimacy is. If you're only having sex. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. To have an orgasm, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, or you're Catholic and you're just trying to procreate. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no root. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Um, so, yeah, so moving on with that, uh, so 50% of the women who had only vaginal intercourse during their last sexual encounter reported an orgasm. So, again, this goes back to not having any manual stimulation, any oral stimulation, the kissing, etc. It's just straight to vaginal intercourse. Only 50% of the women reported having an orgasm. And women who had vaginal intercourse and manual stimulation, 73% of those women said that they orgasmed. So that's a pretty big jump from 50 to 73 right huge, there. yeah. Just from a little bit of extra manual stimulation. It's almost almost a quarter more. Yeah. And then uh, beyond that, 86% of women who had vaginal intercourse, manual stimulation, and oral sex orgasmed. So we have a jump of 50 to 73% to 86%. So it, again, it just goes back to the, you know, taking a little bit more time, having a little more fun with it, building that intimacy, having that extra stimulation, maybe having a variety of stimulation really helps. Because I know, you know, it's fun to mix it up and have different yeah. feelings and stimulations and, and it's funny too stuff because going on. I don't know. For me, it's always one of those things. I so enjoy oral sex and, and uh, manual stimulation, like giving it mm -hmm. and receiving it, but giving it. That I, I just can't imagine just going straight to, you know, just to yeah. straight, straight to sex. And I, I know we do it. Yeah. And it probably happens one in 20 to 30 times. Mm. But it's all, almost always, it's a quickie. We've got, it's built for purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we just, this is, we're just trying to get close and, and have sex. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's those times that it's like, oh, this is, you know. It's fun. It's meant mm -hmm. to be fun. And one of the things I started talking about a few minutes ago and then neglected was talking about the swinger community. Oh, yeah. When you look at that paragraph talking about all the things that people do, that is stuff that is a normal night and any night at a swingers club. Yeah. It's stuff that you see. And it makes me wonder, is it because these are new relationships and it, it's back to what i said before where when you're in a young relationship you're doing all this stuff and it's exciting mm. because it's different and because it's new or is it just that's what swingers do that we are on a <laughs> oh my god i can't believe i'm going to use this phrase we are on the whole <laughs> better prepared <laughs> you know to to give pleasure to our partners i would say that you're more as a community, I would say that we're more cognizant of that because if you're looking for new partners, you want to provide them with pleasure. You that's yeah, you know, that's kind of the point. Ah, because and, like an or, someone who orgasms is going to come back. Yeah, that kind of thing. Well, and you want you want whoever you're playing with to have a good time. If they're if they don't enjoy it, whether they orgasm or not, if they don't enjoy it, it they're not going to come back and and play with you. Uh, you're not going to have that 
relationship, the intimacy going forward. And yeah, when, like I said, when you look at the list, you know, praising your partner for something that they've done, calling, emailing, texting, you know, having that communication and the, the tease and the foreplay leading up to it, uh, sexy lingerie, all of that is, it's, it is things that we do continually. Um, they're all things that we do continually in the swinger community. And I know a lot of people outside the swinger community do as well. Right. Um, which but, is great. But, it, but, but clearly, it is, it is con- something... Looking at the numbers, it's not consistent. Yeah. Uh, just because yeah. a lot of people do it, no. I just think... I would love to know these numbers in the swinger community. Right. Um, which I don't think there's a lot of studies done on the swinger community. No. All right, if you're a scientist out there, fix this. <laughs> well, it's yeah. interesting because many of these behaviors are neglected in, in other papers and other studies. They don't look at different behaviors that include uh, acts of sexual variety, like trying different positions, talking about your fantasies, anal stimulation, um, things mood setting, like using candles or music and things like that to create romantic moods. And a lot of that gets gets neglected. They, you know, they're just looking at kind of physical things as opposed to getting the rest of your senses involved as well. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. It's extremely important. The, you know, talk about mood setting. That's something I would Mm -hmm. love to know. Like are, are men and women, well, let's do it this way. Are women more likely to have an orgasm if there are candles and, and music Mm -hmm. playing? On top of that, what is the time to orgasm? You know, from T0 to whatever number of minutes for both men and women. Are you more likely to orgasm quicker or slower uh, mm-hmm. with with proper mood setting? Right. So if we go forward and look at specific behaviors uh, that were reviewed in this paper... So overall, people who received oral sex more frequently had orgasms more frequently. And that was basically true for all groups except for heterosexual men, in which it was a slight bit lower. But for most other groups, if you received more oral sex or oral sex more frequently, then you would orgasm more frequently. No wonder people just look at you and you have orgasms. (laughs) (laughs) You're having an orgasm now. I'm kidding. No, I'm not. (laughs) That's not true. Uh, And then heterosexual and bisexual women who had longer sex sessions were more likely to orgasm. But that wasn't the case with lesbian women. Do you think that's a because lesbian women know women better and we're going back to the the men not knowing what they're doing down there? Um, Potentially, but it also included bisexual women. And that, you know, is that a bisexual woman with a man or with a woman? True. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. And, it you know, it does. I do question some of these things like, you know. Are women more likely to tell women when something is going well or... Or when something's not going well. Or when well. something's not mm-hmm. going well. And are women more likely to ask than mm-hmm. than a man if this feels good, if mm-hmm. you like this? Yeah. Yeah. I would, so I would tend to say... I, I don't know. I would tend to think that there would be more of that communication between women than between a woman and a man well, with but, your partners when you've done club v and 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 whatnot do you is there a community how, how there is communication? communication yeah is it more than what it would be on a normal swingers night um i would say and it, and it could just be the people that are involved as well but i would say that it 
maybe a little bit more involved. But I also, it's harder for me because I will ask a partner, a new yeah. partner, does this feel good? Do you like this? Or tell me if, you know, kind of thing. Especially if it's somebody that I want to have a prolonged relationship with. You hear that, folks? If, if Angela's asking <laughs> you if you like it, she likes you. But a lot of... There, Mama wants you to like it. But there so. is communication about... I would say that, that women on those nights, there is a little bit more communication about what they want or what feels good. I also noticed that women are more likely in those situations to say you like more clitoral stimulation and someone's going down on you and you might be close, but you want to kind of get over that hump, that women are more likely then to reach down and, and manually stimulate themselves to orgasm. Whereas if you're with a guy, some will, but some just kind of let it go and see what happens. Yeah, um, fair enough. But I, I think that's very a gross overgeneralization. I don't think that that's necessarily fair to say, kind of overall. Because I know, I know, in the few times that I've had female dates mm-hmm. outside of the swingers club, and the few and the in the comparatively to the swingers club, mm-hmm. it feels like women are more likely in the club to say, "Don't stop." Mm-hmm. So it, it, if it's especially an oral yeah. and, and manual so that you know that what you're doing right there works. Mm-hmm. Whereas just the ladies that I've, I've hooked up with separately, you know, you're it's I'm more required to read them mm-hmm. and, and try to get what they're, you know, yeah. is this doing it? Is this right? right. Kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, so ask for what you want. Yes, totally. Yeah. Don't and if shy. something's working, say it. Let yeah. them know. Yeah. Because yeah. you want more of that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and even I've gotten better about that. You know, like I know, again, the you know this most recent play, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, wow, that's. Uh, there was a couple times I was like, oh my god, that's good, <laughs> like because mm. it was good. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so and I don't think this one is terribly surprising at the beginning, but uh, relationship satisfaction was one of the strongest predictors for women's orgasm frequency. So women that were happier with their relationship, um, more content with it, they were more likely to have orgasms. And uh, that was true for heterosexual women, lesbian women, bisexual women, and heterosexual men. However, it was not true for gay and bisexual men. There wasn't that same correlation. So I thought that that was, that was kind of fascinating. Wait, so then are we to understand that gay and bisexual men... Relationship satisfaction was not a, a, a strong predictor for orgasm frequency. So that just means if you're gay or bisexual, you can have a bad relationship and still have lots of sex. Yeah, and lots of orgasms, yeah. Yeah. Is, did uh, did the paper say whether masturbation in, is included in any of these, or is it all partnered sex? I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Just, I, I would have to look again. Yeah. My guess would be yes, because it was a specific paper mm-hmm. on relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, And then women who received oral sex during their last sexual encounter were systematically more likely to report more frequent orgasms than women who did not, regardless of what other behaviors were engaged in. So again, oral sex, really important. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And most heterosexual women who combined oral sex, manual genital stimulation, and deep kissing reported usually orgasming 80% as did women who added vaginal intercourse to that combination, 77%. So, again, it's just, you know, oral sex, manual stimulation, mix it up, have a variety. 
ha- create that intimacy and and prolong the play a bit. Yeah, it's not just a wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Let's get in and do this. I mean, yeah. sometimes, but not routinely. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's it's interesting too to that last uh, number. So you're saying adding vaginal inter- intercourse dropped the a likelihood bit, yeah. of, of orgasm. No. So I mean, we've seen it before that most women have trouble orgasming with vaginally vaginal yeah. intercourse. That it's mm-hmm. you know, but. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's important to know where the clitoris is and know where the G-spot is. It's very important. And what works for your partner. Yes. And ask them if you don't know. And ask them. And if you don't feel comfortable asking them, ask them to show you. Yeah. Or pay attention to their signs as well. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can tell. Yeah. yeah, And lesbian women were more likely than heterosexual women to orgasm when they engaged in comparable behaviors. So basically, lesbian women were three times more likely to always have an orgasm than heterosexual women in those comparable behavior situations. Wowzer. So, but it, you know, it goes back to, is it because women know their bodies better? They're more communicative? Is it that, yeah, there's a whole variety of reasons that that could be. Yeah. Maybe kinda, men don't pay attention. Women don't ask. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it really awesome, is. but it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so overall, um, men were more likely to orgasm than women. Lesbian women were more likely to orgasm than heterosexual women, and then men were more likely to orgasm than lesbian women. So you can kind of see the hierarchy coming out there. Yeah, it's fucking patriarchy. (laughs) I think the patriarchy just throws its jizz all over all of us. Um yeah, and, and overall, again, the, the women who uh, received more oral sex and had sex for longer durations and were more satisfied with their relationships orgasmed more frequently. And then men who orgasmed more frequently, they would usually incorporate like a little mini massage or back rub or shower bath. There was more touch, more intimacy, uh, date night, something like that, that, and they were more likely than to orgasm. So they had to, like a planned, yeah. something planned, yeah. a date. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. What a great paper. It's just really fascinating just to look at all the different behaviors in different groups and how they're all affected and impacted. And yeah. But again, it just creates that intimacy. It's important. Clearly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's important not just for relationship satisfaction, but for physical satisfaction too. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, what's next? Um, so if we're going to move on, I think it, we kind of move into buy invisibility now. Are you ready for buy invisibility? <sighs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, the next paper that we looked at was looking at buy invisibility in families. And this was specifically looking at male partnered bisexual women deciding whether to disclose their sexual orientation to family when they were starting a family of their own, so when they're having children. Uh. So do they tell their family about their sexuality, their parents, their siblings, you know, their community? Do they tell them about their sexuality when they're having children, or do they just, because they are do have a male partner, do they just kind of keep it to themselves? And so then does that perpetuate the heteronormativity or queering of family? Does that make sense? Yes. So the basic decision is, we're having a baby. Yeah. Do you say to your family, hey, I'm bisexual, right? thus queering the family, mm-hmm. or do you just keep it to yourself, thus making it a heteronormative, heteronormative yeah. patriarchal? Yeah. 
angry Bradford. Right. Uh, and so this was a, it was a small set. So it was only 22 bisexual male partnered women that were interviewed shortly after having children uh, about whether to they disclose their sexual identity to their family. So again, it was a, a small group. Okay. But I also, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that this group is too small to make a yeah actual judgment. It's on. also probably hard to find people in that situation as well. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just saying that this is not oh, significant. Yeah. No, no, it's it's a very very small group. Um, I'm more but, telling myself this so I don't get okay. angry when I find right. out the right. But what they found was that most women rarely discuss their sexual identity with their family, uh, and then those who did described it as uncomfortable, as you would kind of expect. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, and the reason is because some of the women in that group said that parenthood seemed to invalidate the need to talk about their sexual history and their sexual identity with their family because it was no longer important. It, it, it's now about the children. It's not so much about me. Okay. So, you know, and it, I... Yeah, but... I, yeah. Look, we don't have kids, so no. we really can't say. But at the same time, just because you have a child does not, A, negate who you are, right. or B, invalidate who you are. Right. Um, I, I still get frustrated, and I've seen this from friends and family, when they have a child, they no longer become themselves. Mm-hmm. They have nothing but the child. Right. The and, child is their world, and that they do nothing but that that they have no other interests. Yeah. yeah, and while while I think it's good to be very active in your children's life, yeah, for sure, it shouldn't completely erase who you are. Right. I think that is so unhealthy to have, uh, you know, to have a, a person erased just because they had a child mm-hmm. or multiple children. Yeah. You know, it's that's that's sad. <laughs> well, yeah, as part of this study, uh, the, the, some of the reasons for that, the, the decreased disclosure of their sexuality to their family uh, was because that their sexual orientation was less central to their identity. Like we said, the children yeah. were then taking over more, so of, more of their identity than, than their sexual orientation was. Um, and then the partner's gender just determined others' assumptions about their own sexual identity. And again, why... Why rock the boat? If people just want to assume this and, you know, it's not, it, it's almost more work than to correct them, even though ultimately you're not helping acceptance at all and you're not helping your own self-acceptance because sure. some part of you, whether you want, you know, really acknowledge it on, it may not be at the surface, but down there somewhere, you're kind of feeling like I still have to kind of hide part of who I am and I'm, I can't be a hundred percent true to myself. Um, and, and yeah, I think just being honest about your bisexual identity, it's a lot more complex than, than the lesbian and gay identity because it's, it can't be assumed based right, on your yeah. current partner's gender. It, it does have to kind of be stated in some way. And that people, again, going back to the judging a book on its, uh, judging a book by its cover. Yeah. People are just, yeah, we see opposite gender or same gender and we assume, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it does show how families, within families, that sexuality um, can be expressed or how it can be repressed, um, and how some sexual identities are more privileged and visible than others, and how your, your partnership and your parenthood status impacts uh, the importance, especially for bisexual women, of their, their sexual identity and for themselves and their family. Um, and it's, it's interesting because we do have bisexual friends who have children. Mm-hmm. Some have same gender partners, some have opposite gender partners, but either way, it doesn't change their sexuality and it doesn't change 
the fact that they're out to their families and the, their their acceptance of themselves. Yeah, and we've got friends who are bisexual and in a same <clears throat> gendered uh, same gendered relationship, mm-hmm. and they're out to their children. Yeah, and their children know, and they they know that they're bi. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's also that path of least resistance to not say anything. So, yeah. Bummer. I know. <laughs> I told the people at the beginning of the podcast this wasn't going to be a bummer podcast. Well, it's not completely. <laughs> yeah, and I think some of that was because you know as to whether to come out to to family or not come out is it is that fear of the stereotypes that people have of of the bisexual community, um, the stereotypes uh, that you're indecisive, you're closeted, you're manipulative, selfish, promiscuous. Unable to maintain relationships, you're prone to sexual risk-taking. You know, a lot of those stereotypes we've been through before. We've talked about it. Probably talk about it again. It but they're myths. They yes. really are. Um, There's no, nothing valid about any of those. No. And it just makes me angry. But because of that, then some bisexuals will, will present themselves as heterosexual or homosexual just to avoid that stigma and hassle within their families and the people close to them. Again, because it's just easy. They're, they know that people have this, this myth and, and stigma towards the community, and so... It's like, well, just, I don't want to deal with it. Um, and, and I think that this is most visible, the heteronormativity is most visible within that family structure. Uh, and it's, it's basically by these women not coming out to their family and by embracing that heteronormativity, what they're saying is that there is one family structure that is valued above all others. And that is a heterosexual, monogamous, married union. And, and that is apparently the pinnacle that we're all supposed to get to. And yeah. and it's it's not. And so what this does is it then joins gender, sexuality, family norms, and puts them all in a ball together without separating them. And it's just, that's not how it is, and that's not how it should be. Um, but by not saying anything and not speaking up and saying that, hey, this is who I am, regardless of my relationship status and regardless of whether I have children, and it just kind of perpetuates that. That's, yeah, I'd be really good point you make there. <laughs> I think my mind was blown when you were talking about the uh, the heteronormativity and throwing all the things in a bucket and just saying that that's the epitome of relationships. Because you're actually right. That, yeah. again, and that's patriarchal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know, you see it as well that, that bisexual women who have a male partner especially once they start a family, they may minimize their sexual history or their their desires for perhaps you know other people or to be intimate with someone of the of the same gender um when they're pressured by their families and and those close to them but again you're just perpetuating that heteronormativity but those who do assert their bisexuality they they could have openness and they could kind of enhance that um you know, uh, integrating their identity into their life and their family and their communications, even just talks and, and little things that you say and, and choices that you make. But it's, I think it's the, that fear of the unknown is to, are they going to accept me and, and be open about this? Or are they going to just shut me down? Is this going to be a problem? Yeah. yeah. Is this going to be like a huge rift in the family? And, and I guess when you have children, that is a higher risk. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I do want to say that the, this, this study is clearly bleak and depressing, but at the same time, the number of women that we've run into at the club yeah. who have children are in a uh, in a heterosexual relationship, but 
identify as bisexual, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a plus. Now, mm-hmm. I realize this is in a specific sexual setting. Yeah. They may not do this outside, but baby steps. I think mm-hmm. that if you can identify as bisexual within the club, mm-hmm. that's the first step. And you see that it's it's normalized, it's accepted, that it's really not even noticed, kind right. of. No. You know, once once you experience that, then you might think, hey, maybe that's the way things are going to be out mm-hmm. in Muggle Land mm-hmm. in the real world. And some of the the people that we've met, like you said, that that are are bisexual women with children that we've met at the club, some of them their children know, and some of them they don't. And it also depends on the age of the child, you know, age appropriate information. Um, right. But it's it is that little by little that you kind of have to just start building that acceptance and, and acknowledgement. And again, this is only looking at male partnered bisexual women. What about bisexual men in, you know, in a relationship with the female than having children? I assume it's very much the same for them. Perhaps, I would worse. say it's worse. Yeah, honestly. it's not worse. Yeah. I would say it's probably a lot worse for them. Um, but I didn't see anything about that. Wow. So. Anyway. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we started out exciting. We yeah. started out about orgasms. Uh-huh. And that was good. And then we went to buy invisibility and families. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. But not all families are like that. No, that's right. And that was so, only 22 families. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. that's and a plus. So just let's, let's just hope that more families are a little more open and discussive and, and talk about things a bit more. Just remember, like we always say, you don't have to understand someone in order to accept them. Right. If you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. <laughs> Shut your pie trap. Anyway, so that wraps up our second deep dive into yes. bisexuality. Uh-huh. Uh, I think we have probably another one, maybe. One more. Yeah, yeah. Probably get the rest of it in. I still have yeah. a few pieces of paper over here. Still a few pieces of paper to go through. Yeah. Ooh, woof. It's, it's just fascinating. It is fascinating. To me, it's just... Some of it is a bit expected, and some of it is still a bit mind-boggling. And in either way, even if it's expected, it's still... can be frustrating. And yeah, like, and to see it actually numbers and in, in paper, it just, yeah. Yeah. But Oof. It is what it is. And, and again, so somebody mentioned as well that this is just a snapshot. Um, this is just what it is at the moment. That doesn't mean that it can't change. We can't change this over time. You know, we can we can try to, right. again, create better environments for people, more accepting environments, and, and mitigate some of these negative effects. So you, you know, and if nothing else, creating a better environment for our children so yeah. that, you know, they can grow up in a world in which they don't have to pull up with this, put up with this stupid bullshit. Yeah. Well said. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you have your own papers that you want to send us, mm-hmm. uh, email us your questions, comments, and rude remarks to... The atoms of love at gmail.com. We uh, are going to desire in a couple of weeks. Yes. We're doing a live podcast at uh, Life on the Swing Sets. It's going to be the November 3rd to, 10th. to the 10th. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants a last minute holiday, come That's out right. with That's right. There's still a few rooms left. I think left. there's a couple. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, d- but go uh, and, and search that out um, SS Desire. We're going to be doing our live podcast there. Mm -hmm. We are going to give away at our live podcast Mm -hmm. a nice, sexy sex toy Mm -hmm. from Geeky Sex Toys out of Brisbane. So they, uh, we've we've got a a relationship with them now, and uh, we can put some links up 
to where if you want to buy your own toys, it helps us out, it helps you out, it helps them out, and that's a it's a win win win. It's a win win win. So that link will go into our show notes Mm -hmm. here on out, and then I'll post it uh, some other places on Facebook, Instagram, and all that good stuff. Yeah, it helps everybody else. It does. It's it's great, and they're fun Um, toys, and their toys are fucking amazing. If you've never seen geeky sex toy stuff, they have. Well, the box that we've got coming to us mm-hmm. uh, includes a ball gag mm-hmm. that is a D20 die, mm-hmm. which if you are if you grew up playing Dungeons & Dragons, you always wanted to take the die and shove it in the DM's mouth. So now <laughs> you su- shove it in the sub's mouth. So it's great. Um, so pretty excited about that. The toy that we have to get away, give away, I am very excited about. Are you going to tell what it is? I'm not going to tell exactly what it is, but I'm going to say... I like a surprise. It is in their sword collection. Right. So, yeah. Right. And then, I mean, and they've got all kinds of swords. They've got the Game of Thrones swords. They've got the Star Wars swords. They've got the... The Zelda Zelda swords. So, I mean, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. We've got a butt plug coming from them Mm -hmm. that is Iron Man. Mm Mm-hmm. No, Captain you did America. Captain America. Sorry, I did Captain America. They do have an Iron Man. They do have an Iron Man yeah. butt plug that glows in the dark because, yeah. you know. Why not? Tony Stark glows <laughs> in the dark. Anyway, but I got the Captain America because, mm-hmm. you know, Captain Merca. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, check them out. They're awesome. It's geekysextoys.com. But find the link in ours so that, you know, you can send a little love our way. Yeah. You can also send love our way via our Patreon page if you want cum rags. You know, check that out. You can get cum rags. I'm working on a way to get hoodies out to people as well, or jumpers, whatever you call it. But they're zip up hoodies. If that's something that you're interested in, shoot us a message. The more demand we have, the more likely it'll be that we'll mm-hmm. be able to do it quicker rather than being lazy. Yep. Find us on all social medias at By the By Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's Instagram, Facebooks, and the Twitters. And yeah, so. Uh, Get in touch with us. We love to hear from people. Yeah, we love to hear from people. Yeah. And we love it. Like, again, thank you to our listener who sent us all these paid papers. They're, they're fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, they make me sad. But, you know, like, like you said, it's, I, I know that it's, it's just a moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully the, the future will be better. moment in time. Oh, also, I'm performing, uh, when this comes out, I'm, if you're in Sydney, I'm performing tonight. Uh, in fact, tickets are probably already sold out, so don't worry about it. But you but never know, they might not you be. Might, you might check and see, we're performing at Rule 34 tonight mm-hmm. in Sydney, which is going to be at the Red Rattler in Merrickville. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's going to be a scene. So the last time <laughs> I, I uh, performed oral sex on Angela on stage, this time... Well, I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be, but it involves two other guys. Right. So there's going to be th- four of us on stage, mm-hmm. Angela and then three three sexy-ass men. Mm-hmm. Well, two sexy-ass men and me. And we're all... Three sexy-ass men. It's going to be fun as hell. So, yeah. Come check us out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.